I just want to do God's will. What you're seeking is a blessing from God. You must expect a miracle. You have the power of choice. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to Life Today Live. I'm Randy Robison, uh, and Easter is coming. In case you don't know, I'm sure you know that. Easter is coming, and uh, I had a question for you. Is, is Easter uh, a literal story from the Bible? Uh, is it uh, a, a just sort of a poetic description of some things that may or may not have happened? Is it pure fiction? Where are you at on that? I mean, you guys are Christian audience. I know where you're at on most of it, but I, I think it's it's fair to push you know the boundaries of our knowledge to ask the tough questions and that's one thing that today's guest has done he's been on before i've enjoyed it uh rick larson uh was a lawyer for many years a professor for many years he comes from a background of you know uh, prove it if you believe it prove it and then we'll call it true right and so he after uh after god graduated him from the universities <laughs> and from the work world he decided, uh, I think I'll investigate a few more things, and he's investigated Easter. So he's got a, a couple of documentaries that are now bound into one DVD, for those of you who still have a DVD player, I do, called Heaven and Earth, and those comprise a couple different things. Uh, one of them is called uh, The Christ Quake, and the other is called The Star of Bethlehem, which are available on some streaming services, and we'll tell you how you can watch those. Uh, but... I find the whole process interesting, and so I love I love this whole investigative documentary kind of thing. So, Rick, it's great to have you back on Life Today Live. Appreciate you being here. Fun to be here, actually. A lot of fun. <laughs> All right. Well, why is this fun? Because I know you you enjoy what you do uh, and what you present, uh, but tell people why it's, why it's fun for you. Well, it's fun, you know, in part, Randy, because of who you are, because you are interested in what I do and what what I'm. You're right. Being a lawyer, what turns me on is being able to show that something is so. Let me say early on, I don't think Christians need to have concrete evidences, of, you know, to have a deep and vibrant faith. I just don't. Uh, and But <laughs> Paul is the guy who says over and over as he writes, you know, if this stuff's not true, we're pitiful. <laughs> so, I mean, so Christianity is a fact-based religion slash belief system and so for that reason i'm not afraid of science even slightly i mean it's uh we we learn in scripture that god is truth and since science is a methodology designed to lead people to truth how, how can i be afraid of science so wherever i see the gospel stories um impact or impinge on you know the natural order that makes me think well you know we can check that we can go see is the evidence on the ground to the extent we can find it today uh, consistent with what we see in scripture. And that's the story behind the two videos that have become uh, the double film, uh, Heaven and Earth. Um, I, I, I want to I hit that real quick because on the science side of things, because I think you'll get this. I talked to a scientist recently and she's uh, like astrophysicist or something and, and heads up uh, BioLogos, right? These are scientists like fully accredited legit scientists and one thing that that i asked her about and she confirmed for me is that science by necessity 
limits itself to testing the natural things. And so when we start talking about Easter, you know, uh, resurrection, that is not a natural thing. It is a supernatural thing above nature, what that really means. And so I think when you talk about Christianity and science, I think science is only at odds with uh, spiritual things when science becomes not just a means to f- discover things that are true, but truth itself, because it is self becomes a faith itself. It Be- becomes a faith. Yeah. Yes. Right. But if you understand that science can uncover truth that points us to the ultimate truth that is bigger than science, I, I, mm-hmm. I think you're on the right path. And that's exactly what you've done. Tell people a little bit about what you've done as you've dug into the earth to find truth. Yeah, that was that was really kind of exciting. What happened is the first film, the star film, went crazy. And it became the number one bestseller on Amazon. And everybody was asking, what are you going to do next, Rick? What are you going to do next? What are you going to do next? And, I, and my response is really, well, you know, I don't dream up things to do. I mean, I feel as though in my prayer life and in my Christian life, if God tells me to do something, that's what I do. And he wasn't saying to do anything except make sure a star gets out there. So that's what I did. But finally, um, I started thinking, well, what did I do in Star that made that stimulated people so much? And I decided that it was taking scripture seriously, dead seriously, and scraping it, so to speak, uh, for evidences, and then going to look in the in the real world and to see it is do we see things that are consistent with what the stories tell? So I thought, well, how would you do that? Because I found, Star told me that there was a, a you know, celestial poem in the sky that ended at the cross. I wanted to, I wondered, you know, can I go find evidences for the cross? And obviously it's near impossible to, you just don't expect to find anything like, for example, a fragment of the cross because you know, it's wood. Yeah. You understand sure. the issues. Sure. But Matthew does describe this quake. And so I began to think, well, I wonder, could there possibly be any evidence of the quake that Matthew says happened while Jesus was hanging on the cross? And I figured, of course not. Of course not. I mean, it's 2,000 years ago. You know, human beings live there. They'll walk on top of, you know, whatever. I mean, it's all going to be gone. Um, And seismographs have only been around for, uh, what, 100, not even 25 years yet. No way to check to see if a, a quake occurred. And then... As I began to study, I realized, oh my goodness, God pulled a fast one. Um, he set it up so that we can find out today that something happened back then. And his seismograph that's been sitting there quietly for thousands of years is called the Dead Sea. And the Dead Sea, it, it is dead. It's dead because of its salt content, no life in it. So let me tell you why that's relevant. First of all, it's maybe... You know, it's 15 miles-ish from Golgotha, um, and it sits there with no fish and no plant life, so the water is still. And so when seasonal rains, annual rains, make their way to the lowest place on Earth, they've got to flow down there, the, the, the dust from those infusions of water settles gently like dust in a still room, and, and it makes layers. And the geophysicists call those barbs. And there's one per year, sometimes two per year, you know, summer and and winter. Um, And it turns out because there are no fish or life or anything that disturbs those waters, 
they just layer up as smooth as they can be like sheets of paper. I think of it as this huge database. And when I learned about this, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, well, I wonder if the quake at the cross is reflected in this huge seismograph set up from before our time in history. And so I went looking and uh, lo and behold, those barbs and the annual granularity is just completely stunning for something like this. It, it's a, it doesn't happen all over the world. It happens at the Dead Sea. And so you have an annual record and the problem becomes, well, how do I count? Because if you have to have a reference here. <laughs> right. Right. So, and that turns out that that's provided also. Good old Josephus that many of your viewers will know by name even. Flavius Josephus wrote histories, basically contemporary of Christ. Yeah. Um, and he wrote about a battle, the Battle of Actium. Um, and, and, he's, and he tells that the Battle of Actium occurred it was a sea battle, but nevertheless, it was a sea, it was a famous battle that everybody knows about. Um, and the quake, the quake occurred during that battle that was so severe that Josephus says it killed tens of thousands of people in Judea. Now, remember, this is not a time when they have skyscrapers or something like that. So we're talking about a major quake. So the way you can find a reference point in the Dead Sea records from which to count is to find that quake. You huh. find the Actium quake, and then you can count and knock me down with a feather. Not really. I almost expected it would be so. But <laughs> if you count the, the, the years, you find, oh, my goodness, sure enough, just as Matthew records in 33 AD, as Jesus is hanging on the cross, we have a record of that quake right there in the strata of the Dead, dead Sea. They're called barbs, but they're strata. Yeah. They're pages of a database, and it's right there for, for you to see. So what's, what do you what do you do? You cut down like sideways through a section of this, which is going back through the layers over the years, and, and so that you can see the lines and literally, if everything's calm, it's it's just lines. But if there's an earthquake, yeah. obviously there's that disruption. Is is it somebody exactly I mean, it's, correct? It's, it's like a picture, right? It's it's like a picture. You know, when I first started investigating it, I had no idea how to do this because I'm not a geophysicist. That's the thing when you do when you're called to do these things. Just like astronomy, I had to learn a lot. So when I first went, just to see, is there something here that I can share with people? I was thinking I might have to pull up a core, you know, coring instruments, mm -hmm. or I might have to, I don't know, I had a lot of ideas that turned out to be unnecessary. Here's what happened. The Dead Sea is, is receding. It's receding because the Jordan River is being largely consumed upstream. Yeah. And so the Dead Sea is drying up, to tell you the truth. So what was the floor of the Dead Sea in past years? In fact, back when I first visited, when I was a kid, it has dried, you know, many tens of feet since then. And it's exposed the walls of the Dead Sea, which were beneath the sea, and are now, you can walk up to them. <laughs> um, and so I wound, that's what's in the film, as we, I go down with, you know, the major experts, uh, Israeli experts in geophysics and the Dead Sea, and I walk with them down there, and we go and we find the strata, and we see that there was indeed a quake in 33 AD. And that... It's amazing. Yeah, no, that is amazing. And that is available uh, in the film um, Christquake, and the website is 
Christquake.com, and I'm putting it on the screen for you right there, uh, as well Good. as in the chat. Um, and what will people see? Which, by the way, I, I, I mentioned the DVD earlier. Um, I still have a DVD player. I don't think it's hooked up because yeah. everybody's I have one streaming. Too. Mine's not hooked up either. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, I know, yeah. right? Everybody's yeah, streaming yeah, yeah. these days, and you got it on some streaming yeah. services. So tell, tell people how they can watch this. Uh, it should be both Quake and Star should be available on most major streaming platforms. I'm always amazed that people watch so much on their video game consoles and things like that. Yeah. But it's available pretty widely. I mean, the intent is to put it everywhere, whether whether that gets pulled off or not is always hit or miss and, and may change from even month to month, but it's supposed to be in all places. So if you check your favorite service and it's not there, you know, check next door to the next service because it'll be there. Yeah. Um, I, I want to, but I want to talk briefly about the name of the pair of them, the two movies yep. together, because I mean, this is something that I did not plan. So I make star. The, the Bethlehem star, star of Bethlehem. Beth, I'm sorry. Star. Yes. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Uh, and, and it, it, I don't knock it out of the park. God knocks it out of the park. It becomes a number one bestseller on Amazon. Fabulous. Okay. And I finally, you know, years and years later, I make the Christquake. It wasn't until I put the two DVDs on my desk before they were streaming, they were just DVDs. And I put them on my desk and I said, oh my gosh, it's the same story. That's the end of the poem that begins in the star mm -hmm. christ wake is the end mm -hmm. you know and and immediately pops to my mind one of the primary names of god the father jesus calls him the lord of heaven and earth and i realized god has chosen to disclose to us the scientific basis for his name mm -hmm. he is the lord of heaven star bethlehem and earth the quake at the cross <laughs> Stunning. So that's why I had to name, you know, the the twin set, uh, uh, you know, heaven and heaven and earth. I had to do that. And and so even though DVDs may be growing out of fashion for sure, um, both those films are available for people to look at online. Yeah, you know, you mentioned that you're you're not a scientist, right? You're a lawyer by training, right. by trade, and then a professor of law for for years. Which yeah as a documentary filmmaker is actually better than being the scientist because you're the I guy would have to say yes. Right. You're, you're asking all the hard questions. You're pressing people to prove their case. So you go to the scientists and, and exactly. make them prove their case. What, what do scientists say about this, and especially about your conclusions? Well, you know, I never forced the issue for the Israeli scientists who were helping me because I didn't know their faith status and I thought it would be just rude as crazy. <laughs> so all I did is just talk with them about the just the facts. That's all, not conclusion. You know, the years is mm. all we talked about. And I never talked about, well, you understand that that's when Jesus was on the cross. Mm -hmm. I never, I, mean, they, I think they quite clearly did, but it wasn't appropriate for me. Sure to get in and punch him in the face, you know, like we do at the Oscars these days. Right. So, um, <laughs> um, so it, it, we talked around it more than to it, but, but yes, you're right. It's better to be an outsider in a sense than a scientist because a scientist's expertise is very narrow hmm. because, you know, today we are so well advanced in all of the sciences that people have a stack of knowledge, a column of knowledge. Some people call it a silo. That's very deep. 
and people understand it very, very well, but they understand less outside their own silos. Right. Whereas uh, a, a person like me, a generalist, who is interested in knowledge in general, and, and, and because I'm a lawyer and I'm good at research and all that stuff, I, I'm a relatively quick study, and I can ask the questions outside the silo and see how it fits yeah. together. Yeah. And that's what, that's what I've done in these two films. And it's been astonishing to find out. I mean, I'm, I, everybody uses that word. I wish I'd never used it before. It's astonishing to me the extent to which the evidence on the ground in the sky perfectly matches what Matthew tells us in his gospel. Whoever suspected, because he's the one that tells the miraculous stuff. He's the one that says there was a star before as Christ was born. He's the one that says there was an earthquake at the cross. And some people dismiss his gospel because he says those miraculous things. And it turns out those are the ones you can prove. Yeah. It's a, it's amazing. Yeah. Well, you know, I think in, in fairness, a lot of Jewish writing uh, and certain parts of the Bible are very poetic in nature, are very symbolic yeah. in nature. Uh, and, and they just. If they're intended to be poets, they're poetry, they're poetry. Right. Right. Uh, so I, I've. So when you find something that is literal, uh, there is a little bit of, oh, wow, that part was literal because, you know, you talk about a, a star or shaking of the earth, you know, those, those things. That's what I thought. Right? That's what, that's what I thought. Yeah, it sounds like bad fiction, right? Oh, I would Am call I right? it bad fiction. I wouldn't call it bad fiction. Come well, on. come on, come on. <laughs> you know, somebody, somebody gets killed and there's an earthquake? Really? <laughs> you know, anyway, uh, to me, that's bad fiction, you know. <laughs> but, uh, okay, but see, okay you, you're, you're displaying something that I think is actually healthy in the context of doing these investigative type documentaries, which is a healthy skepticism. Well, let me tell you why that is. I taught at the university level for many years. Do you want to stand up in front of an audience of thousands that includes a bunch of university professors and make an idiot of yourself? You got to stand up there. You know, it doesn't work to get up there and do a little tap dance when you haven't got it figured out. You know, you've got you you got to tell the story, and it has to be so. Likewise, when you stand up in front of a jury, it's the same. You don't get to stand up and make things up because the other side will shoot holes in everything you've said. Yeah. So you have to really take it seriously, work it all the way back, get all the way down to the bottom end, make sure all the back end is filled in and everything before you stand up. And that's what you do as a lawyer. And it's, and, and it's amazing to me that the writings of the New Testament stand up to that kind of rigorous analysis. They do. Which, which tells you what? It tells me that we can trust the story. The writer was not making things up. He was writing a record not a story. He was writing something that wasn't just um, made to make you have a good dream or something. Uh, hopefully, maybe people will, but he was telling you what happened. Uh, just as Paul and Luke wrote motive, most of Acts, as you know, he was writing very carefully what actually happened. Mm -hmm. You know, there was a shipwreck here you know, and, and Matthew says there was an earthquake while Jesus was hanging on the cross. And here's what he said. He said a tetelestai, which means it is finished or is paid. Um, you know, astonishing things. The fact that, that the earthquake really occurred, you know, the, well, better to put it the way I would as a lawyer and a, or a scientist, the facts on the ground are consistent with what Matthew said. There's no one can say anything stronger than that. Mm -hmm. at 2,000 years distance. 
But the fact that that is consistent makes you gives you grounds to think, well, Matthew said also what Jesus said on the cross is what he said on the cross. And also that when he said the tomb was empty, the tomb was empty. He's not making stuff up. Yeah. So happy Easter. Have you you found the tomb yet? I know there's a couple of places that claim to be. Oh, that's the the problem. That's the problem. There are too many. If I, you know, here's the thing also, here's the thing. I'm, I limit my research to stuff where the story clearly impinges on the natural order. So I can go look for the evidence that would result from actions within the natural order, the movement of stars, the movement of the earth, yeah. heaven and earth. You know, with the tomb, unless someone works was to tell me something that, you know, that impinges upon the natural order in a way that can't be changed by men, I wouldn't know if I was standing at the tomb. Right. Let me give you another example. Just to, just as this, you'll get a kick out of this. It's really kind of off point, but that's all right. That's all right. Yeah. Um, some people in the audience will certainly believe that Jesus is returning again, and some people will bet enough of the Old Testament to know that where He puts His foot down on Earth again is on the Mount of Olives. The Mount of Olives, you'll you'll read in the Old Testament, is is said to to the valley that's going north south which is the direction of the, uh, that portion of the geological record, splits instead east-west toward the Mediterranean. It opens up. Now, you know, because the Great Rift Valley flows north-south, most of the action on the, on the earthquakes there is north-south. Okay. And so I always wondered, well, how is it that the, the earth splits the other way? And so as I was looking at the geological maps for quake, I, I get a hold of the Israeli Geological Survey maps and look at it, and lo and behold, right there through the Temple Mount, headed for the Mediterranean, is our deep east-west hmm. fault lines, which means, in other words, that it's set up to receive Christ's foot. Now, there's an example of where the natural order gives us some evidence that I can point to that say, okay, that's this. we're getting pretty close right here to where things are going to happen. Hmm. I wish we had something like that for the tomb, but I don't know of it. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let me let me ask this because um yeah, Bible also says without faith it's impossible to please God. So while That's exactly you exactly right. Right? So while you are uh looking at these things of the natural order, while you are proving things according to the scientific method which only tests what can we touch and see and and you know, uh feel, yes. measure what we can measure. Um can you really get there without making that leap of faith? I don't think so. Jesus said, it's really interesting. It's not a contest between them. They're complimentary. But Jesus That's said, you don't, you don't need these hard facts that Rick Larson is proving. He said, blessed are you who believe without seeing. Uh-huh. Where, but then, then Paul comes with the other side of the half of that equation, and he says, yeah, this is a fact-based religion. If Jesus didn't rise from the dead, we're fools, mm. and we should go get drunk. You know? I mean, it's, it's, it's really fascinating. So, no, that's how I began. Actually, we do not need such evidences to have a vibrant, living faith. Mm-hmm. But Christianity is a fact-based religion, and there's no shortage of fact in the natural order that supports our faith. Yeah, I you know what? I you you that you nailed it succinctly. It they're not competing, they're complementary. 
mm-hmm. and and when you talk about the faith that you need, Jesus says just like see this little mustard, mustard seed, seed. <laughs> just yep. that little bit right there. So it's not incumbent upon us to to you know come up with a whole lot. Uh, it's just just have a little bit. Come on. And so I I, I the frankly the faith of a child. The faith, the faith of, of a child. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just that trusting, which I, <laughs> Judy, come on, be nice. One of my viewers, she says, well, I'll always have a Thomas among us. I actually like Thomas because Thomas okay. wasn't there when Jesus showed up the first time. And all Thomas right. said was, I want to see it for myself. And all Jesus was said, was, come see. And Thomas said, Lord, I believe. So, I, I've never thought of it before, but I guess I'm like Thomas. Thomas, I want to see. I want to see. Yeah. I want to see. Yeah. And especially the stuff that sounds crazy. I want to go see, really? Really? Right. right. You know? and, and, and then you go check that out. And when it proves out, uh, the Thomas part, well, just like for Thomas, it disappears. The yep. faith, I mean, becomes just as, you know, like rocks now. Yep. yep. I mean, because it's well, there. And in Thomas's defense, remember, he's the one that when Jesus wanted to go back to where they were trying to kill him, and Tom and Jesus said, "Well, I'm going." And they're like, "God, they're, Lord, they're going to kill Don't you." Don't do that. He's like, Don't "You do know that. what? Yeah. We're well." He, J- Thomas said, "I'm going with you because I, I don't I, I want to die with you." So. Don't mm-hmm. tell me Thomas didn't have faith. By the way, no, no. the other ten disciples, because Judas was already gone, the other ten disciples didn't believe uh, what Mary when she came back or Martha, which was right. Yeah, when she came back and said he's risen, they didn't believe either. They dismissed her as a woman. So, so come on. Thomas was not that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he gets a bad mm-hmm. rap. That's a side point. Yeah, um, I agree. No, I agree with that. I agree with that. I think it's okay to say, Lord, I will you show me and then. Boom. I do too. You get the Rick Larson do documentaries where God goes, yeah, check this out. Not, not only will I show you, but this is cool, <laughs> right? Yeah, it is. And it also confirms my name of the Lord of heaven and earth. I mean, and I, I can't help it. People ask me, but I ask myself. They say, why now? I mean, why do we? Why are we finding this stuff out now? I, I don't know the answer to that question. I mean, a lot of people would say, well, we're in end times. But people have said that for centuries. Um, we may be. I don't know that, but I do know it's amazing that we living today have a resource where we can go and see our faith is not just a nail driven in midair, bam, bam, bam. Nope. It's driven in facts that we can verify. Yep. Yep. That, yep. And at the same time, by the way, second chapter of Acts, uh, they say that they were living in the last days. So uh, we can have that conversation later. But that's exactly at the same time that something very supernatural happened. And yet, when they spoke in tongues, they were speaking in languages that the people would understand because the whole point of all this, heaven Mm. and earth, old covenant, new covenant, the whole point is Jesus Christ. Yep. That's the entire point. Uh, And so that's where we want to point you guys today. Rick, I appreciate it. Is there anything I missed that you want to mention before I let you go? This has just been a fun conversation. No, just have me back and we'll think of more things to talk about. We, you and I, it's easy, you know, I mean, it's easy to talk, right? Am yeah. I right? Yeah. I oh, mean, yeah. we have fun. Yeah. We have fun. So yeah, yeah I got more for you. Yeah. Just you, know what it is. If I'd have gone, to, if I'd gone to A&M and been a law student, um, you'd have been the professor I'd have hung out with after, after class, just a just a. Oh yeah. That you, yeah. I got along pretty well with the students. I they were good you. to me. I bet yeah, you. you know, professor of the year multiple times. So. Nice. All yeah. right. All right. Well, good. Yeah. Well, Jaeger Maggie's, yeah. 
and uh, and yeah. check out the so again the DVD if you got that Heaven and Earth the two documentaries you can look for and uh, I believe that they're both on Apple TV as well as Amazon Prime they still. are okay they are so you can check those out and and it's the Christquake and the Star of Bethlehem so That's you can correct. check out both of those and oh and also go to heavenandearthmovie.com to uh, and uh, Christquake.com yep. to you know read more. Uh, the star website, which is horrendously popular around the world, is called uh, BethlehemStar.com. It's basically a short book um, that, I mean, is very well appreciated. Uh, I can tell that because there's a map there that you'll see when you go look at the pages that people from around the world visit it. So, Cool, man. I love it. Yep. I love it. Yep. And I appreciate, again, appreciate you taking the time to do it and uh, all the effort yep. you put into this. And for sharing it, what a, what a great treat for Easter as well. So thanks, man. My joy. Appreciate you guys hanging out, listening. This is fun. Uh, and, and really, you'll enjoy the films. So go find those. Uh, and then come back. we got more great inspiration for you right here every day, live, working on the Facebook thing. I know that there's some issues with it. We'll get to that. But uh, come back. We'll see you again next time here on Life Today Live. Okay, am I clear? On this vast, limitless sea of divine mercy.